Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day. Hello, friends, and welcome to another inspiring episode of the Church Leaders Podcast. I caught up with Matt Brown this week. Matt is an evangelist, author, and founder of Think Eternity, a ministry dedicated to amplifying the gospel both through live events and in the digital world. Matt's latest book is entitled Truth Plus Love, The Jesus Way to Influence, and it's available April 2019 from Zondervan. And speaking of April 2019, Matt is hosting Ignite, which is a powerful live ministry event featuring uh, Lee Strobel, T.C. Stallings, Jeremy Camp in concert, many others. You can learn more at ignitelive.org. On this week's episode, Matt and I spend some time talking about the noise that we often see online or in the news about the church and how we as pastors and ministry leaders can responsibly speak through that noise to really make an impact with the gospel. Matt discusses the importance of extending both truth and love as we seek to influence our world in the way of Jesus. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dive right into my conversation with Matt Brown. Matt, welcome back to the Church Leaders Podcast, brother. So good to have you with us. Oh, thank you, Jason. Great to be on. Always such an honor. I mean, I'm such a fan of of church leaders and such a fan of outreach. And But talking with you now, I mean, I had been friends with Brian, but you and I have become such great friends in recent years. It feels like I'm just hanging out with my buddy. So <laughs> I know. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun, brother. Yeah. We're, we're so glad to have you. Matt, you know, there there is a lot of, how, how do we say it? It's maybe a lot of noise in the Christian world right now, you know, especially here in the U.S., although I know that our brothers and sisters around the world, they might have similar experiences, but this noise is oftentimes no more than than just that. It's it's noise. And, and as such, it's often uh, counterproductive, really, to us fulfilling the mission of Jesus. So, brother, in your experiences from uh, from your speaking ministry, from your online ministry— what is your perspective on on kind of the voice of the church today? Hmm. I love that. It's a great question. And, and it's something I've been thinking about a lot, actually, over the last handful of years. Um, for the last five years or so, I feel like God has really been rewiring, reworking my understanding of what it means to really grow in Christ hmm. and to grow into spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity, the Bible is really clear on this idea of spiritual maturity, that just like you grow up, you grow older, you can grow up in Christ. You can become more mature in your faith. And, um, you know, it's easy to be fatalistic in the church world today and just say like, oh, we're never perfect, you know. Um, But the Bible, that's true. But the Bible calls us to grow, though, too, and to grow towards maturity. And it obviously will be a lifelong process. Um, But for me, you know, through... I guess I wouldn't blame anybody other than myself, but just grew up in a smaller church here in the Twin Cities in Minnesota, and I came to the Lord at an early age. I sensed the call to ministry um, at an early age, and in my late teens, I really sensed the call to preach the gospel, to reach people outside the church. So I headed into Bible college, and I think maybe just looking around and just my own passion and hunger for the Lord, I had begun to kind of have this idea that spiritual growth, spiritual maturity was like intensity, maybe, mm-hmm. on how I was perceived by the people around me. I definitely got hurt from some leaders uh, who were mentors and disciples in my life, uh, disciplers in my life, excuse me. And and I definitely, I'm sure I hurt some people. And some of the things I preach put people into bondage or legalism, you know, and it's, it's great to grow, but the Bible 
I think in the in the recent years, God's been opening my eyes that maturity is more about the fruit of the Spirit um, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which says what the Spirit produces in your life, not what you naturally produce as you follow Jesus, but what God does in your life, the Spirit of God wants to do in your life is more love, you know, more right. joy, more peace, more faithfulness, more kindness, goodness, gentleness, you know, self-control. Obviously, I said those out of order, but point being, if you grow in those areas, and I think as I've been thinking about it, what's been so heavy on my heart is as you grow in those areas, who doesn't want to be around somebody like that? <laughs> you know, like I, I believe that it actually like gives you influence and impact in your ministry, in your own home, you know, in your workplace and, and in our nation. So when I think about the noise of our culture, obviously immediately drawn to first Corinthians 13, which is not just a passage for marriages, right? Um, it's a passage for, for all relationships, but it's for how the Christian's supposed to love, including loving the world around us. You know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and he calls us to love the world, to have the, his burden for people who are far from him, and, and even for our fellow believers, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, for other pastors who we maybe don't always agree with. And it says if we don't, you know, if we have great faith, if we give great sacrifice, you know, for the kingdom, if we do miracles, but if we don't have love, then we're just going to be a clanging gong. And what he was saying in there is that we're just adding to the noise, you know, and we're, it's, we're not going to have a distinctive voice right, right. in our culture if we have the truth without love. I think we need truth plus love. And obviously that's a title of a book that I wrote here, Truth Plus Love, The Jesus Way to Influence, because of these things that have been on my heart so heavily. And honestly, it's really just been mainly a personal journey. Um, that I'm letting people in on, um, that I want to grow in that way. I want to be that way. And I think it starts at home, by the way. You know, it starts with our families. Like, right, which, right. It's easy to be pastoring and preaching and being out there, and then you get home and, you know, you can lose your cool at your kids or, or your spouse, just like the rest of everybody else out there. And so it, you have to, like, walk really to keep in step with the Spirit, to walk in self-control, to, you know, faith, faithfulness and self-control, or, or patience and self-control, excuse me, are kind of like, integral to keep the rest of the fruit of the spirit right, in your right. life like hey wait i need to walk in love and so again no one's perfect but i do think there can be growth there um i remember reading a book about this by a pastor that he wrote years ago and the original title of the book by the way you'll love this jason was why am i taking so long to get better <laughs> that, that was the original title and now it's called the incredible patience of god it's by a pastor named lane adams and um he worked years ago with the Billy Graham Association and went directly with Billy Graham as one of the evangelists for them. And he just talked about his own struggle with this, with his anger towards his own family. You know, because I think the, I, what I think it is a lot of times is the pressures of work, you know, the pressures of ministry, the spiritual warfare we go through, um, the financial struggles that so many ministers face, uh, funding the ministry and doing the ministry as well. Mm -hmm. um, and all of those things pressure us and, and, and then we kind of like, you know, why am I so angry? Why am I so agitated? Why am I so irritated towards my family or when I posted something online, you know? And it, and I think a lot of times it goes back to these kind of these anxieties that we're not really like giving to the Lord. We're not wrestling with and, and praying over and dealing with and processing the right way because they come at us so fast in this in today's world and culture. So, so I just think it's so important, again, in the noise of culture, I, we can't just speak truth louder. 
Right, right. You know, we need to love louder too. But the world does need the truth because if we if we just show a lot of love and kindness in our culture in our world, but we don't bring the truth of God's word, we lose the power to save. Yeah. And we know that the gospel and biblical truth can literally change someone's life because it's changed our lives. And so we need both. And and it's a it's a fragile balance. It's something that uh, we'll probably never be perfect at. But you know, again, we need to to pray and work towards both. Yeah, that's good. And as you're talking, I was thinking about. Um and you're probably a lot like this one, as you know, travel around the country, I love to hear people's stories, stories of how they came to faith and, and have the opportunity to work with a lot of pastors, a lot of ministry leaders. And one thing that's been interesting, I, I've noticed that there are many pastors and ministry leaders who came to Christ under the leadership of someone who might have been kind of big on truth, hmm. but maybe small on love. Wow. And and so I've had these conversations, and and sometimes they kind of think, well, you know, hard truth worked for me, right? I mean, that that's that's what got me to Jesus, and so their ministries sometimes uh, kind of reflect that. Uh, again, kind of big on truth um, and kind of small on love. You know, what would you recommend to a pastor or ministry leader who kind of comes out of that context? Well, you know, again, the truth of God's word. And the truth of the gospel has Holy Spirit power, you know. And so I'm not surprised that whether someone was great at love and gentleness, that still people's lives are being changed, you know, mm-hmm. because and maybe maybe, you know, those leaders to some degree were gentle or were kind to some degree, you know, but really struggled in different areas. But ultimately, I mean, I think leaders like that right off the top of my head, you know, some that have gotten in trouble in recent days just with too much of an authoritarian style of leadership. And so it can hinder your ministry in the long run. But ultimately, yeah, the truth has power and it can change lives. But I think God gave us both for a reason. You know, obviously we take it from Ephesians 4.15, um, where Paul says, speaking the truth in love, we'll grow up in every way. And what was what's sad for me is I actually saw um, a post recently from an incredible women's leader in the church, uh, or, or a woman minister, woman leader, who just said like that's the most fearful phrase is when people say hey i want to speak the love the truth and love to you right now that's not the way it should be you know <laughs> the bible says in first corinthians do everything in love and and it doesn't you know there's as as i think this way and as i've like processed this i read the bible almost i things stood out to me in ways that it hadn't before which obviously that's normal in bible reading that right. god speaks to you in new ways every time you read the bible and that's why the Bi- the Bible is really the most important thing in our spiritual growth to really become fruitful and to continue to grow is just keep getting into the Word. Uh, but I, I began to see these scriptures that I, I just had, they hadn't popped out the same way. And it was just over and over in kindness, compassion, love, humility, you know. Um, and so, you know, you have to, if you're going to be passionate about the truth and the truth of God's Word, you absolutely have to be passionate about love and kindness. You absolutely have to be. Because it's so prevalent right. all through the scripture in the New Testament. It's saying, love people, um, have compassion on people, and, and and have compassion on the church. And as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. You know, I, I said something about peacemakers recently. I posted about it, and somebody said, no, we're called to be warriors, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I just gave a list of scriptures that were over and over and over and over and over, <laughs> like, be a peacemaker. You're called to peace. You know? Right, right. Live at peace with one another. And so, like, there's so much scripture about this that well, it's almost like just reworking those in our lives, just like looking those over again, I think can transform our ministries. I really believe that. 
I think if we grow in, again, the fruit of the Spirit and starting with love, mm-hmm. you know, but, but a lot of the fruit of the Spirit describe each other. So like when 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love, it says love's kind, you know. So, yeah. so, so when we grow in those things, when we aim towards the thing, and obviously it's most of all, it's God doing it in us as we stay connected to him. But I, I do think there's something about keeping it in front of you. Um, Jerry Bridges talks about that kind of idea in the pursuit of holiness when he says, you know, there's this holiness you have in Christ before God, then there's a holiness you're supposed to work towards very clearly in Scripture. So, right, right. you know, yes, yes, God works the fruit and the spirit in you, but over and over again, the Bible tells you to walk in love and to walk in peace. And so, you know, it's kind of a dual thing that ultimately it's his work inside of you. It's not something you can do on your own by faith. But it's also, I think, good to keep it as almost like a filter in front of us. Am I doing these things, you know, when I'm at home with my family? Am I doing these things when I'm ministering to people? And here's what I believe. I believe if we walk in those more, you know, and, and, and try to have a deeper joy in God, a deeper happiness in God, a deeper peace in our heart and a peace with the world around us, I think it will only increase the impact of our ministry. You know, and let me give an example. I had a leader years ago who I so looked up to, definitely got hurt by. And I know I'm not alone in this. I know that just about everybody listening to this who's in ministry in any form has been hurt by somebody. Right. You know? Yep. The reality, and of course we, we're called to forgive those people. You know, we're called to um, to bless bless and not curse. And we're, we're called to forgive from the depth of our heart, and there's a freedom in that. But I just think about some of those leaders that hurt me. I think, man, I would be like, I'd be praising those guys. I'd be pulling them into everything I'm doing. You know, they would still be involved in my life and ministry in a big way. If you think about it, their their influence was hijacked by not walking in, you know, the fruit of the spirit, by not walking in love, by not walking in uh, kindness and gentleness. And if it, if they hadn't, their ministry influence and the way God could use them could be maybe greater increased through the, all the people that they poured into and disciple. And so I just, again, I just think it's important. Um, and secondly, you know, all the all of those fruit of the spirit are things God's done to us first. So mm. God has been loving. God has been. He's drawn us to repentance with His kindness. You know, He's right. He's been so faithful. There's nobody that's even close to as faithful as God is to us. And so he's just telling us to walk like him, you know, to imitate him. That's what it is. And so I, th- I just think it increases our impact on the people around us. And hopefully not for our own sake. You know, hopefully not so we become great. But it's about Jesus. It's right. about pointing people to him. Right, right. That's good. One of the things I appreciate so much about your book, Truth Plus Love, is that it really is rooted in the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, you use that as the launching point for how do we, how do we speak truth but make sure that's not absent um, yeah. from love, right? Which, yeah, which I think exactly. is, is so, so vitally important. Now, uh, other conversations that I'm having, kind of, it's kind of similar in nature to, to what we just um, talked about, but, you know, there's some pastors, some ministry leaders who are kind of really pushing back and saying that, that they feel as if in the world in which we live today, in the culture in which we live today, that the church is somehow walking away from truth or not being as uh, clear about truth and really kind of uh, overemphasizing love. And I don't think they'd actually say those words. You know, I don't think they say the church is overemphasizing love, but it's that kind of that feel like, oh, you know, here here's the church. Um, you know, they're really kind of being a, a lot more open. They're, you know, being a lot more um tolerant maybe in some way you know these these are the phrases they're tossed about and there's this kind of 
know, divisiveness in the church to some degree. Those who are saying, whoa, 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 hold on, we need to really lead with truth, and that's got to be, you know, what we, you know, plant in the ground is this idea of truth, and and we we can't get too into the, you know, feel good of love. What what would you say to to pastors who are kind of in in that space where they they almost feel like it's almost reactive to our culture? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, again, we need both, um, and and so right. it it is a problem if people are being loving and saying, yeah, hey, sin's okay. You know, the Bible right. <laughs> the Bible very clearly says, uh, you know, just specifically, I'm thinking of Jude. It says, you know, don't give license to sin. Yep. You know, um, that that's not okay. Now, listen, nobody's perfect. Only Christ is perfect. If Jesus, you know, if we could become perfect after we became a Christian, then Jesus wouldn't have needed to, to die. You know, right. he died on the cross because there's no other way. He paid the price for us. We have his righteousness, not our own. But the Bible, again, calls people to grow. And, and a great book on that, if you haven't, is um, uh, The Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges. I mean, it is it is a classic framework for what it really means to grow. I agree, brother. Towards holiness. Uh, he was such a gift to the church. But that said, you know, I, I just think, um, yeah, of course, you know, th- th- we can go too far and err on the side. But ultimately, you know, we have to keep these uh, these scriptures. If we're going to be passionate about truth, we got to remember that love, compassion, kindness, grace, that those are truths of God's word as well. You know, those are very biblical commands to us. And, and it's for a reason, you know, God's trying to show us how to be like him, how to walk his way and how to be impactful for the kingdom. And without those things, we're going to be limited in how we can touch someone's life. Let me just give an example of a father sure, in the life of their son, you know, and, and I've got two boys, so I'm thinking, you know, in my own life, right? you know, no dad's perfect. God is the perfect father in heaven. He loves us more than our parents ever could. You know, he, his grace and his compassion pursue us. But you think of a, a child, you know, if you're a parent, you have a child and just your just heart just bursts with love. Like there's no way to put into words the amount of love. And I, Jason, I know you're a good dad, so I know you feel <laughs> this way towards your kids, by right. the way. I mean, you just, your heart explodes. Exactly. You can't explain the love that you feel as a parent. You can't explain it, but it is, I mean, I would give everything for my children. I would give it, and I know my wife would too. We just get everything for them. We just love them so much. Now, it doesn't mean we always tell them what they want to hear, you know, but when we're telling them and guiding them and and ask and saying no to them, we're doing it out of the most deepest heart of love that you could imagine. It's because we're trying to help them, right? you know? And and so I think, again, God, God isn't hammering us to be loving, you know, hammering us to be kind. He's saying, hey, walk my way do this, you know, because he's trying to show us how to be effective as believers, but I believe also obviously as ministers. And so I would just say this, read 1 Corinthians 13 again, you know, read these scripture passages again in every single epistle that the the letters that the apostles sent that just telling you to walk in love and that love, what is love? Love isn't easily angered. You know, we can't live as angry ministers. That's not going to really give an effective picture. And ultimately it really comes down to that we're ambassadors of Christ. We are representatives. We reflect who Jesus is to the world around us. The late great evangelist D.L. Moody said, out of a hundred people outside the church, one person might 
eventually pick up a Bible and read it and find out who God is, but another 99 are going to read the Christian to see who God is. Right. And so people are looking at our lives. And one thing that really sums up what I was trying to get across in Truth Plus Love when I was writing that and what is so heavy on my heart is how is the world supposed to see the grace of God if the people of God aren't gracious mm. to each other and to those outside the church? Now, let me add this stipulation. It doesn't mean that we need to agree on everything. Unity doesn't mean uniformity, right. as it's been said. Yep. Um, it doesn't mean that we need to be on the same end of the political spectrum. I almost think that's a problem that I see nowadays. I see some pastors that are supporting certain political parties and other pastors that are saying, no, you know, don't have anything to do with them, and others that are just staying out of it altogether. <laughs> and I respect almost all of them. Like, I, I they're— Many of these leaders are godly examples to me on different sides of issues. Right. And so it doesn't mean we all need to be in the same place. We all need to be saying the same thing. But what it means is that we need to be careful about how we disagree with each other and careful about how we might argue over what we feel is the truth and careful about how we present the hard truths of God's word to be more gracious about it. I think if we just try to be more gracious with God's help, and we pray to be more gracious. We ask God to soften our heart, maybe, in a new way in our ministries. I think God will make us that much more effective for the kingdom. Yeah, that's good, brother. And and uh, as you're talking there, I was, I was thinking through, you know, some of the um, points of view, differing points of view that that people within the church have on on all types of different issues. Um, but sometimes they can be voiced somewhat aggressively. And um, as if this is um, the right view and the only view, and mm. and there's, certainly there are some some things that are very you know cut and dry. But then there are some views, as, as you've mentioned, um, you can be a godly person who's who's honoring Christ with your life mm. and have have a difference of of opinion on different things that are taking place. So let me ask you this, because I imagine that. All of us who are listening in, we've all, you know, been on social media. We've seen um, some of these kind of aggressive, maybe back and forth arguments or, or discussions, I guess, to soften it a little bit, you know, going on about different issues. For those who are listening, if they're sitting there saying, you know, my heart is to help those who are outside the church see myself as a, as a minister, see our church as a whole, and to see, you know, Christianity as a whole, as a place— where there is space for dialogue, where there is um, room for, um, like you said, gracious conversation and, and kindness. What practically can they begin doing um, in their own ministry to help kind of champion that? Uh, because we know a lot of people from outside the church looking in, those are the first things that they, they kind of point to. You know, well, you guys can't even get along. Type of it, you know, like, um, so what would you say some practical things that that ministry leaders can begin doing now? Yeah, well, and, and you hit on something here, Jason, and that's that we're the first generation in history and the first generation of believers throughout all of human history to have something. We have something that no other generations ever had, and that is this online megaphone. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, so because of social media, every single one of us talks to hundreds or maybe thousands of people when we post our opinions about all different things that are happening in our culture. And a second piece that we have is because of that and because of the 24-hour news media, which is new to us uh, in our world. It's not, you know, past generations didn't have people filling the time airwaves like that. Right. Um, is that we we know what's going on. 
you know, around the world before the news even announces it because of Twitter, you know. And so we just get this constant kind of barrage of negative information that almost causes us to feel we need to respond to everything. Mm. And so I would just say, and again, some some issues might be a hard issue for you. You might feel you need to say something about a tragedy that went on. You might feel you need to say something about, uh, you know, a concerning uh, response of culture to something. And, and, you know, sometimes I respond to that kind of stuff. You might, you know, and, and we all might have different opinions about what's the most important things to respond to. And, and just remember that, you know, just because you feel that people should respond and speak out about something doesn't mean that everybody else needs to feel the same way as you. I think we need to be more okay with that, that there's different voices in the church. Um, and, and you know, maybe we call people to, to respond to things. But just know, like, you know, just because you speak, just because you posted about something on your social, you know, doesn't mean just because something happened doesn't mean you need to post about everything because, you know, ultimately the world runs, on, it goes on without us. You know, <laughs> so like, we, we don't fix everything with our one post. Maybe it's like maybe it's a wrong mentality because of that. But, you know, being a little more OK with with everybody having different opinions. Right. Um, you speak your piece. You know, you share what you think people should do and say. But like ultimately Try to like influence more graciously. I think that would be the biggest thing. Be so, be more careful about how you disagree with p- people because they should see. Here's what I'm thinking. It's not that that you agree with them every time. Other people that you find online, but that you have a love for people. Mm-hmm. I think there's a way to disagree with such a love that people can see that and how you respond. And sometimes that's hard to put in 140 characters or now what is it like 280 or something. But just, you know, try to be more careful about that. You know, um, <laughs> I saw I saw this funny example uh, maybe a year or two ago from Bobby Scholler, a pastor down in Southern California. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I think it's Church of Shepherd's Grove. And uh, he posted something about two people disagreeing on something. And then they kind of started apologizing and they were really nice to each other by the end of it. And um, somebody was like, oh, they must be Canadians, you know. And I thought I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but I also thought, like, what if that's how people thought about Christians? Like. Oh you know, yeah. If together we all insert graciousness and the love of God into our conversations more, and some people do this well, by the way, but I think there's a call for more of us to grow in in this this great love of God. If we do that, you know, then I think that like what what if culture saw that and they were like, man, you know, they must be Christians. You know, they they they're not going to get right. into an argument. They're not going to get heated. Like they have a grace about them. It's different than the rest of us. It would I think that draws people to the Lord, and so. Ultimately, no matter what, though, the, Jesus prayed for that. He calls us to that, you know, in John 17, that we might be one so the world will know that we've, you know, that he sent us. And so it's it's an evangelism apologetic that when we uh, walk in love towards each other and, and obviously towards the world as well, that I think that changes things. And it's important. I think we'll have a greater impact. I believe God wants to move in our generation. He wants to move in our country. He wants to move in our world. He wants to use all of us who are leaders in the church to set the tone, to set the pace and to step up to walk in those things. Yeah, brother, that's good. That's good. Matt, it's it's been good to have you with us. And before we end our conversation, I just want to give you an opportunity. Obviously, you know, there there are many pastors, ministry listeners uh, listening in, uh, your your colleagues, your brothers and sisters listening in. Is there anything that you would like to to share with them? Maybe something we haven't touched upon um, that you'd like to share with them before we close our conversation down. Yeah, I just have one more thought. Um, and that is, and I wrote about this in, in the book, that um, 
just this, you know, I'm talking about the love of God and the love God calls us to have, but I think that before all that is, is experiencing God's love in our own lives. I think we all need to step into a greater experience of God's love for us. Yes. Um, in, in a deep way, um, you know, for, for many people in our culture, obviously 80% of Americans claim uh, Christian background or Christian affiliation, but not as many go to church. It's a much smaller number. And I think people need to see and experience the love of God. I think as leaders, we need to experience the love of God in our lives. In Ephesians 3, Paul breaks into intercession. He's praying for the church after he's been talking for several chapters, you know, longest run on sentence in, in the Bible, <laughs> uh, just with excitement about the, all the incredible blessings and benefits the gospels brought into his life even while he's under house arrest in rome that's where he wrote that letter from you know and he's talking about just the glory of the gospel yeah and he said i pray they may be able to you know to understand how deep and how high and how wide and and how long the love of christ is though it they'll never be able to understand it fully and so the love you feel as a parent for your child i think god wants you to know his love i think that brings us into a place of maturity and growth and and we can't fully express love to people around us until our love cup is getting filled up by the lord if that makes sense right right and so i think we need to allow god to speak his love into our lives in a deeper way we need to read that passage again in ephesians 3 read it again read ephesians 1 2 and 3 and just allow god to speak into your soul as a leader so that when you go and face things that when anxieties rise when struggles come that you know God's love for you and that you're ministering out of that love for others. You know, we just need to encounter the Lord again in a new way in his word. And so that's all I'd add to what I said earlier is I think this is really the starting point. That's awesome, brother. That's a great word, man. Oh, Matt, so good to have you with us. I appreciate you, brother. Um, We'll have links to your newest book, Truth Plus Love, The Jesus Way to Influence, in our show notes. Thank you for that. Excellent book. Certainly uh, enjoyed reading it, brother. And uh, I just, I'm just i just appreciative of your heart um, and the way that you're speaking to lives of so many. And uh, just joy to have you, you with us here on the podcast. Thank you so much, buddy. It's such an honor. Appreciate you as a friend. And as I mentioned, just love church leaders, love outreach, love everything that's happening here. And um, big fan. Awesome. God bless you, my friend. God bless. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us on this week's episode. Every week as we are putting the episodes together, we're thinking of you, our pastors and ministry leaders, and striving to provide insightful and inspiring interviews as you seek to grow as a kingdom leader. So we hope you're finding value from the Church Leaders Podcast. And if so, we'd certainly appreciate you taking a few moments to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your positive reviews and ratings help other church leaders more easily find our podcasts so they too can benefit from these interviews. Again, we thank you in advance, and if you have any comments, any questions, suggestions, or ideas for guests, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email to podcast at churchleaders.com, or you can connect with me on Twitter. Finally, you can find this podcast as well as other great faith-based podcasts on the FaithPlay app. It's available for both Apple and Android, and so we encourage you to check that out as well. So until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well, and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.